Welcome to the Modern Ministry Podcast, where key issues in contemporary ministry are discussed. The Modern Ministry Podcast is a weekly podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity. I'm your host, Jack Carson, and in today's episode, we have Dr. Melody Harper discussing how to reflect on the gospel from the angle of honor and shame. Well, Melody, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you, you know, carve out to, to be able to share some of these things. Uh, today, we were intending to talk about uh, the understanding of uh, honor and shame. And when, that, when those terms get used, there's probably a lot of images that, that come to mind in people's hearts uh, and in, in the halls of their memories from childhood or even experiences in adulthood. Um, but when we think about honor and shame uh, and the cultures that seem to be uh, more pronounced in experiencing this dynamic, mm-hmm. what are some of the, the core components that you've seen in, in your experiences with various cultures around the world? Yeah, great question. You know, we see three responses to sin in Genesis when the first humans sin. Uh, there's, there's guilt and an awareness that they have disobeyed. There is shame. Uh, and they cover themselves, and there's fear, and they hide from God when He pursues them in the midst of that. Uh, And so as we think about shame, it was one of the original responses of humans uh, to sin. And so we see that. they wanted to be covered up. Yeah, they wanted to be covered up. Um, And so as we see them trying to cover themselves, and then of course we see God provide the covering for them, and uh, that leads to His provision um, for our guilt, for our shame, and to restore our honor in that, and then also to show His power. Uh, over sin, and we see that unfold throughout the pages of Scripture. Uh, today, as we're specifically talking about honor and shame, uh, you know, we see that shame enter the picture, and we see that as a human response to sin. Uh, but then, as we see the cultures of the world develop, and as we look around the world now, we see that all three of those responses are still prevalent and still presence in, present in every cultural context. Um, but there are particular cultures that seem to uh, emphasize or where one of those responses seems to have a a cultural factor and an emphasis within that culture, where there's more of a prevalence in the response of people within that context. And there are a lot of factors that relate to that. In the context where we see honor and shame as one of the primary responses, um, typically it's because it's a collective context. Uh, In cultures of the world where there's more of a collective identity as opposed to an individual identity, uh, we often see honor and shame elevated in that context because honor and shame is not just an individual dynamic. It is directly connected to the community that you're part of. Um, It's not just personal guilt that we have experienced. There's an element of shame brought on someone else. And so that collective dynamic of a response to sin um, where it's shame because we stand before someone else and we're seen by someone else in the midst a, of that in addition to God. That's a really a unique understanding of this that I think helps propel us in, in, in yeah. trying to seek out some added dimension. I, help me out with this. Um, because of that, because of the, the community impact yeah. uh, uh, throughout Scripture, we see a lot more of a culture of community mm-hmm. and, f- and familial relations and generations that migrate and move around and do things together. Uh, are there some specific examples in Scripture that that would give us handles for even putting this to context and helping us really wrap our minds around it. Yeah, we can look at basic identity that your identity was not in what you did as a job in the cultures of Scripture. It was in who your father was and who you were related to and who your family was. 
Um, therefore, it's not just what you do that provides your identity in that context. It is who you're connected to and who, who your community is. Right. Um, from basic examples of identity and family connectedness to the way we view God uh, and thinking about God as a father rather than a judge. Mm. A guilt-innocence worldview views God as a judge. Right. Uh, he is determining our guilt or innocence and determining our sentence to that. But from an honor-shame worldview, uh, we see God as a father. And so it is our relationship to him, uh, not as a decision maker, but as a familial relation, because our identity is connected to that. That's good. Uh, and so as we look at that, we start to see uh, in passages where God is referred to as the father uh, and where we are talked about not as guilty or innocent, but as sons of the father, as sons and daughters of the king, uh, where our identity comes from our association uh, with that. And as we look at um, you know, even our even our eternity. It is what is our relationship to Jesus. Uh, it is that relationship connection, that collective connection that we have. And so, as we see the consequences of sin throughout Scripture, we see that absolutely there's individual consequences for uh, people as they make decisions, as they disobey God. But we also see that there are collective uh, consequences and responsibilities for the people of Israel yeah. uh, when, as a people, they make choices and they right. disobey God. And not only are they disobeying as a, an act of individual disobedience um, collectively they are bringing shame on the people of God and bringing shame on the Father in the way that they are um, carrying that That's out. That's good and, I, and, I, and, and to build on that you know one of the things that we do here in the School of Divinity is we exist to come alongside the local church in its yeah. quest to fulfill the Great Commission and so all of these thoughts and these discussions ultimately I always want to dial it back into at some point how does it impact the church and the body life of the church? And then how should we change or what do we need to address? Yeah. So any thoughts there? Absolutely. Yeah, I think this is an area where we have an opportunity to look at these different worldviews and think, well, that may not be the particular emphasis in the United States, so we can push that aside. Mm. But actually, as we look at that, we need to look at that and see these were realities of responses to sin in Genesis. Uh, and as we look at the gospel, it is holistic. It addresses our guilt. It addresses our shame. It addresses our fear. Uh, and so as we think about that in our context, of the United States and the local church, we have looked at the gospel primarily through a lens of guilt and innocence to this point. We, you are guilty, you are separated from God, all are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Uh, you know, so we've looked at it through and that lens. And we cuddle lens. up with the forgiveness that's offered. Absolutely. And that's the end of it. And we don't want to lose right. that though. Like right. that forgiveness no. is part right. of it. It right. absolutely is essential. But at the same time, we don't address the way the gospel addresses our shame. Uh, and as we look at that, especially in a more collective context, um, our individualism in America says you individually are guilty and we are much more focused on our rights as Americans than we are on our responsibilities. And in honor-shame context, as we look at honor-shame throughout Scripture and the response of the gospel to restoring our honor and addressing our shame, we also have to acknowledge that it's not just about our rights. It's about our responsibilities uh, and the 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 way that our choices and our actions reflect on the community uh, and the way they reflect on God. 
and so as we think about that in the context of the local church, we often talk about the consequences of sin for individuals, but we don't talk about the reflection of that sin on the community right. and the way that that reflects on God. Why do so many people not even consider the gospel and consider who God is now? Because they've seen examples of people who have disobeyed and that's not in line with what the gospel says. Uh, and so people aren't even open to that. And as we expand our perspective on the gospel and our understanding of living that out in diverse context and even in our own cultural context, recognizing that we can't just look at the guilt that's associated with it. We also have to look at the way that reflects on and brings honor um, to the community, the people of God, uh, and ultimately to, you know, to the Lord himself as we are called to be his ambassadors and his witnesses and realizing that what we do isn't just a reflection on us, it is a reflection on our identity as part of that kingdom of God. Well, you've, you've traveled all around. Mm -hmm. the globe uh, and lived in other places uh, outside of uh, the United States. And so I know your perspective is, is much more full than what I even could imagine. But when we travel, there still is a, um, I'm not even sure if I should use this term, an ugly American yeah. uh, concept. Yes. Uh, and so what, what probably aggravates you and probably frustrates me is that there are other people giving us that reputation. Mm -hmm. uh, and. Yeah. And I think for those who, who seem more patriotic than they do an ambassador of heaven, uh, there ought to be an opportunity for them to make this connection in this honor and shame understanding for the sake of the kingdom and the body life of the church, ultimately the, the mission of the gospel, that this is not just you being you. Mm -hmm. This is you ushering in a concept that either opens up or shuts down relational connections ultimately for the, for the sake of the kingdom. And... I mean, in what ways do you even experience that? Yeah, we definitely see that stereotype and, you know, stereotypes sometimes exist because there are one or two people that have, or maybe a few more that have um, expressed that. Um, I think as we think about our identity, when, when the gospel is not just forgiveness for sin and a ticket to heaven, when the gospel means I am now adopted into a community, I am adopted into a family, and I now represent that family. And we talk about being ambassadors of Christ, as we're ambassadors of Christ and we're witnesses right. to the gospel and we're ready to give a reason for the hope that we have, that hope is forgiveness of sins, but it is also our identity in the family of God, our identity in the community of God, and recognizing that as we travel, um, we are not just representatives of our passport country, we are representatives of the kingdom. And the opportunity we that have That sounds like to, a great session, uh, a topic for someone to do some training on. It does, I wonder who could do that. Um, but as we think about that, and think about the implications globally, we have an amazing opportunity um, as followers of Christ to live and act in a way that recognizes that and is different in our cultural context, um, where so many people are closed off to you know, the typical lectures that they hear, the, all the things that Christians are known to be against. Uh, but when we begin to interact with people and to honor them because they are made in the image of God, regardless We're of whether they agree with us or not, the, right. the virtues that they that they value. Absolutely, and then the, in acting in a different way as a representative of God's family and God's kingdom, we have the opportunity to have conversations that we would never get to have when we are merely. Um, providing a judgment of guilt or innocence or of right or wrong or of uh, acceptance or unacceptance. Yeah. Wow, there, there's so much more I want to chase on that one, and maybe we'll do that in, a, in, a, in the next session. But thank you for spending time uh, in, in really investing Absolutely. in this. And, and this is, uh, I think this has powerful implications for the sake of the kingdom, but uh, even deeper implications for just who we're becoming uh, as children of the king. Yeah. So thank you for this time. 
Absolutely. You just listened to the Modern Ministry Podcast put on by the John W. Rawlings School of Divinity at Liberty University. Please reach out to us at www.liberty.edu forward slash divinity if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, and let us know if there's a pressing issue in your ministry that we should address in this podcast.